0: Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome back to Coast View. I really enjoyed that conversation with Candace Wheeler. I can't wait to read her new book. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's cool. We have people here in coastal Mississippi working so hard to capture this history. Now, look, we're going to shift gears and move over to my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com, the Times-Speaking And I was looking in the room here to see if I could find a bag to put on my head, and I couldn't find one. But, God, what a depressing week. I, I, Jeff, have you found anybody who wasn't depressed this week if they were a Saints fan? No, it's been pretty Well, I guess
0: some diehard LSU fans were doing okay, (laughs) and Tulane fans. I mean, I I had my column written going into the game. You know, on a a deadline like that, Ricky, you know this, you have to kind of have two columns going because you have to punch the button to send as soon as the game's over. So I had spent a lot of time writing how this was the greatest football weekend ever over here. LSU beats Alabama, Tulane keeps it going. And then the Saints get a big primetime win, and they just could not deliver. So I had to go to plan B with my backup column. Was wasn't fun.
1: You know what, man? What made it so much more difficult to, to watch in every aspect of the game it was difficult to watch was that they had played so well the time before. Now, look, you said that maybe some jet lag and flu and some, it could have been other factors in that Raiders game that made the Saints look a little bit better than, than they are. But, you know, a couple of points. One is, they look terrible. It just, everything about them didn't look good. Defense started out okay, but it just kind of unraveled. Um, one of the things that we know for sure, and you said this a thousand times, you cannot win in this league without a big league quarterback. You've got to have a superstar, or you're just going to be mediocre. But what's your thoughts about that?
0: Well, I think we saw the difference in those two teams was really the quarterbacks. I mean, uh, I hate to put everything on Andy Dalton because I think he's a viable player in the NFL, but I think at this point in his career, he's really a backup, best served as a backup. That's what he came here to be. Uh, There's a reason he's on his fourth team in four years, and he's basically playing for the league minimum at that position. So uh, the Saints are trying to make do... At the most important position in the game, with a you know a less than elite player there, and and we saw a Baltimore team on the other hand that was every bit as injury riddled as the Saints were, maybe even more so. Really did not have any offensive weapons uh, outside of the quarterback, and they managed to win because they were elite at the most important position. This is no different than what we. Uh, saw and enjoyed all these years with Drew Brees. I mean, remember those games, Ricky, where Drew would throw touchdown passes to four different undrafted free agents? It, you know, it's not sometimes the running backs and receivers. If, if you're good at that position, it goes a long way towards being successful.
1: So what what kind of a week has it been for you? Because I, I know this is, this is a different show today because I, I could go through the storyline and the headlines and all. But I'm really curious about what the week's been like for you because you're you've got great sources, you you've written extensively. Your team is all over it. Um, you know where do you go in covering a team like well, the Saints now?
0: That's a really good question, and, and I actually had a, a conversation the other day with our staff, trying to explain to them uh, at this point when a, when a team goes south like this when they're struggling readers want to know why you, we need to start doing the autopsy on what is it that's going wrong because people are looking for answers uh, we can't write these flowery features right now people don't want to hear that for the most part they want to know what the answers are what the solutions are and as best as we can in our coverage we need to provide that through talking to our sources talking to the players and coaches explaining how something like that happens in a game uh, you know how it's happened all year long. Some of these same issues. They, the things I saw when I rewatched the game, Ricky, were the same kind of sloppy mistakes. Some of the the alignment errors. Uh, you know, uh, pe- early penalties and early downs, putting you behind the chains on offense. Uh, communication errors and offensive line and quarterback leading to sacks and pressures. All those things the Saints reverted to. And you have to give credit to the Ravens. They're extremely well-coached. We saw that. They had a great game plan. And the Saints didn't answer the bell uh, with their coaching staff, in my opinion. They did not have as good a game plan, did not make very many adjustments. So there's a lot that goes into that answer that I'm giving you.
1: Well, I, I know there there is. And you and I have talked about so many of these angles, at least initially, as this team was forming and the coaching staff was coming together. But, you know, think, think of offense, the leadership on offense. Um they didn't seem to be created. They didn't seem to have an answer. They didn't. I'm sure they might have been making adjustments, but whatever adjustments they were making were not good. And I can't help but think about Pete Carmichael. He didn't want to be offensive coordinator. Was that a signal? Was that really a signal that he knew that he had some shortcomings and he really wasn't ready for that key position? I, I know what Dennis Allen was thinking. He was thinking the team was thinking we could keep some continuity if we have him, and we instead of bringing somebody new in. But so far, he hasn't passed the test.
0: Well, I would say this in his defense, and I didn't think he called a great game on Monday night at all. And I think he'd be the first to say that as well. But it's hard to call plays when you're getting beat up front. I mean, really, it comes down to uh, this league always comes down to the trenches. And the Saints got manhandled up front. They couldn't run the ball. And that's where everything starts for them. And if you can't run it uh, with this team, they're going to be in trouble because of the lack of, of elite play at the quarterback position. I mean, when you watch Andy Dalton play, you see exactly what the, what the Saints have. Everything has to be right, and he can be okay. He can manage the game if everything's right. But very rarely is everything right, Ricky. It's not a game of perfection. Things break down. There's assignments blown. And that's where you saw Lamar Jackson make plays. When the Saints actually got pressure on him, he was able to get out of it, make plays, extend the drive, and they just don't have a player that can do that right now. So you've got to be able to run the ball up front, protect him, get him in easy situations, and they couldn't do it. And that's exactly what Baltimore wanted to do to them: was get them in these really long passing situations and tee off on him. And it it was really it was really ugly to watch.
1: It'd be interesting to hear what the scuttlebutt is about what I'm about to ask about. But you and I had a great conversation at the beginning of the season about Taysom Hill. And Taysom's believed because of his injuries, he really never got a chance to to do it, and he was very disappointed by that because he really wanted to be a quarterback. Um, he's healthy now. Are there m- murmurings behind the scenes to give him a shot?
0: No, I haven't heard any of that. I, I think Dennis Allen, he's already made one big decision to go to to go to Andy Dalton. I can't see him making a second quarterback change. I, I think that. He would run the risk, I think, a little bit of losing the locker room just because, uh, you know, it would look sort of indecisive. I think. So I think they're stuck with with Dalton the rest of the way, and they've got to somehow play better around him. And they look, they can't. They're not going to play as many good teams the rest of the way as Baltimore. Baltimore is very good, even diminished as they were. They're still a very good team. So I, I think it comes down to the Saints have to be better up front along both lines. And they've got to get some of these key guys back. I think the Marshawn Lattimore injury really hurt them in that past game. And they've got to get him back on the field.
1: Well, you, you, had, a, you had a couple of injuries in that game. So what, what's the, why don't you kind of give us an injury report just generally for the Saints you know, across the board?
0: Well, it wasn't good. I mean, they lost Eric McCoy to a calf injury. That's what sidelined him last year for about five games. And that created a domino effect on the offensive line. They had to put Ruiz at center. He's not as comfortable there. Uh, Calvin Throckmorton slid into guard. He's not really a starting caliber guard in this league. And uh, the, the Ravens really took advantage of him. Uh, most of their pressures came over Calvin Throckmorton. So, uh, And then also Pete Werner, the fine second-year linebacker, went down uh, with an ankle injury. And that's been the... The bugaboo with Pete Werner, as good as he's played, is he's, he's struggled to stay healthy. He, you know, he, in his NFL career, he's had a bunch of injuries. So neither one of those is a promising injury to report because those are key guys. Marcus Davenport also was injured, but I think he's going to be okay. Uh, but that's another key guy for the Saints. So these things are mounting, and they're coming to very critical players in the Saints' offense and defense.
1: I have to say, as it relates to the defense, there was a point in the game. It was probably more than halfway through the game that I thought the defense is not playing terrible. They're 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 keeping the points down because that man you could that that team again they had their injuries. I'm talking about Baltimore. Yes, man, they are a team that is just you can tell they're extremely well coached. There's a lot of creativity in their play calling. And man, watching their quarterback do his thing, this guy is incredibly talented. I mean, he's slippery, he's fast, he's he sees the field. He seems to read. I mean, he's a he's a star. You can see why people are saying Lamar Jackson should have already gotten the money. But the reality is, it was a, it was hard to watch, and I think that the defense was playing fairly well. It's just that the offense was just not contributing. Is that your read on it too? Yeah, I mean, to some degree,
0: there's no doubt. I mean, the the inability for the defense to get off the field on third down had a snowball, a cumulative effect. Uh, You know, the the offense is struggling, so they're not staying on the field. Then the defense can't get off the field on third down. That has a cumulative effect, and you just wear down against a guy like Lamar Jackson, a physical running offense like that. And That's kind of what happened in that game. So the defense... Uh, while they played, they hung in there. They've got to play better on third down and get off the field.
1: We're talking to my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune, award-winning journalist and columnist. We're lucky to have him here every Friday on Coastview. When we come back, we'll continue to kind of break it all down, and we'll talk about the rest of the season. Is there hope still? We'll see you after this.
0: So listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome back. I have Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Speaking Union. We are Talking Saints. Um, listen, I watched uh, Sean Payton so interestingly First of all, he just—he just—I don't know—a deer in the headlight when he's on TV. He just—he doesn't feel comfortable. He's—that ain't this thing. He's buying time because he wants to coach again. Seems to me, Jeff, and you sort of said this. You wrote the book on 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 uh, Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Lit- literally wrote the book on them. That he saw that we had really messed up in terms of future draft picks. That we had salary cap issues. That we had some older players. We. He, we didn't have a quarterback. It's almost like he ran from the Saints.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Now, I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I, I think he literally and truly needed a break. And I think he's recharged his batteries now. And um, I, he's going to coach somewhere next year. I feel pretty confident. Uh, you know, And I would never say never on him coming back to New Orleans. I, I wouldn't completely rule that out. But having said that, uh, this is not a great situation going forward. I mean, Saints fans are smart, Ricky. They, they know this team. They know the situation up and down. They know they don't have a lot of future draft picks. They've traded a lot away because they were all in to try and continue this m- mature roster and see if they can make another run. And I think the, the front office, one, overestimated the quality of this roster, and two, uh, you know, couldn't have foreseen some of the – Bad luck they've had with Mike Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore and all these other injuries. Uh, that that's been unfortunate and it's really put them in a, a bind because salary cap wise they don't have a lot of room to go out and add a, a veteran quarterback even if one does become available. And look, it happens every year in this league. the The hope you should have as a Saints fan is. Crazy stuff happens. Nobody saw Sean Payton stepping down at this time a year ago. Nobody saw Russell Wilson becoming available. Things happen in this league. So there is hope that maybe one becomes available. The key is, how do the Saints get a player at that position with their salary cap limitations? They don't have the draft capital to get up in the top five where you need to be to get an elite quarterback. So it's it's a little hopeless right now. And I think that's why there's so much consternation right now within the Saints fan base.
1: Other than the salary cap issues, does your mind still take you over to San Francisco? There's there's still going to be some opportunities for a quarterback coming out of San Francisco?
0: Well, there could be, sure. There's no doubt. I mean, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But then you've got to have, I mean, if they were going to go after Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you'd have to have money in the salary cap, which could lead to more roster purging, which is kind of what's Led us to where we're at right now. If the Saints had these injuries right now that they've had, they and, and still had the depth that they had before, they could withstand it. But the fact is, they look at all these quality players playing and playing well elsewhere right now. I mean, Trey Hendrickson, Soron Armstead, Thomas Morstead, Marcus Williams, you know, Quan Alexander, just Von Gardner Von Bell.
1: Johnson, Gardner yeah, Johnson.
0: Keep going yeah. down the list. And, and they're playing for other teams. That's how deep this team was a couple of years ago. So when they had injuries, it, it, they just kept humming along. Now they don't have that depth.
1: It's, it's a tough one. And then, of course, you got <clears throat> it's important to realize that before Michael Thomas got his guaranteed contract, which you've done a good job on on the com podcast and then and, and writing about it, I think Thomas had only missed one game. So he gets his guaranteed contract. And then he has all these issues from from an entry point of view, and man, that weighs heavily on the salary caps. You got this star player that's not playing, and um, and the the future the future impact of that. Nobody's going to want to, to take uh, Michael Thomas under those circumstances. We kind of stuck with him, aren't we?
0: Yeah, and look, I don't, I haven't heard anybody internally that even is hinted that they want to move on from Michael Thomas. I mean, they're very happy with Thomas. They're just disappointed in how this whole thing has played out. So I don't think Mike Thomas is in danger of being moved or cut or anything like that. Uh, but they're even if they wanted to, it'd be very difficult to do because of the, not only the contract, but also the fact that they continue to restructure his contract to kind of win now mentality. They've restructured, and it's really – tied their hands, they're handcuffed with some of these bad contracts uh, because of the way they've maneuvered the last two years. So, look, that's stuff we'll all weigh in on after the season because when you look back, there's been some mismanagement done at the top that's led them to this position.
1: Look, okay, so Andy Dalton, I, I read so many comments about him. He didn't feel the pressure and whatever, but you, you pointed out just a second ago that it was a lot like those first couple of games I mean, you had defensive players coming in literally untouched. I mean, coming like a steaming locomotive. There's hardly nothing that Andy Dalton can do to get the hell out of the way under a situation like that. I mean, it's just unbelievable pressure.
0: Yeah, and it's it's communication issues that Dalton also is a part of. I mean, it's no different than earlier when Jameis Winston was having those issues. Quarterback has to have a read on that and also has to do something about it, get the ball out quick or something. And really, that's when you see Dalton's limitations, Ricky. When it when it's not blocked perfectly, he really is helpless back there. And that's what I'm talking about. I mean, it's never going to be perfect. It wasn't perfect for Lamar Jackson. He got out of it, and, and Dalton just can't do it. It has to be perfect up front for him.
1: Well, what we'll do next week, we'll talk more. We're kind of out of time for today, but next week we'll talk about the rest of the season and where we go from here. But hopefully, we have a better game this weekend, and uh, we're in a, we're gonna we're gonna. A bad division, so maybe we can still come out of it alive.
0: There's still hope, Ricky. That if one yeah. game back, man. They, uh, two wins, and everybody's going to feel a lot better about themselves. I'll put the I'll put the bag
1: away for now. It's been great to talk to you, my friend. This has been Jeff Duncan from Noah.com, and the task thank you. And have a great day, and we'll see you on Monday.